Beware the Astros Zombies. They mutilate, they torture, they kill. Spine-tingling horror, unspeakable shock. We stay here, we are going to die. Of excitement. John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror For You podcast. It is uh, May 16th, episode number 12. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly here, episode 12. Episode wow. 12. How was your weekend? <laughs> Not too bad. How about yours? Really good. Uh, Karina had Mother's Day, so we decided to make it a Mother's Day weekend. Uh, oh, I cooked nice. for her. Oh, very nice. I okay. was a great boyfriend this past weekend. That I got is. some flowers and some nice presents. Um, went to go see Endgame. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you liked it. You loved I loved it. it. I, I it was great. I, I will not spoil that movie for you at all, but okay. like, if you're like Andy, I would recommend waiting maybe a couple more weeks to go see it, because it's going to be yeah. in the theater for at least another two months. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So wait... Uh, it's still a really popular movie. I think it's broken the two billion mark, right? I, I think you're right on that. Yeah. So, so I would wait because even on Sunday for Mother's Day at the six o'clock showing, that that theater was packed. Okay. Wow. So you're saying if you're a misanthrope who hates people like like Andy, like Andy, <laughs> and you don't want to be the only one in the theater, then you're gonna to have to wait a little while. Yeah, I would say okay. maybe another two weeks, and then the shine's kind of gonna kind of wear right. off. Of so it. my biggest problem with it is the three hours because I like I usually go. Um, it's not it's not not that I think I'm gonna be bored. It's just coming up with the three hours. You know, I go out to it on at one o'clock in, uh, on a weekend. I'm not out until like four. You know, so well, I think if you went like on a Sunday, maybe do the eleven o'clock show in the morning sure maybe that's a good idea and then you're done by two yeah, i just gotta budget the time so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, get to I, I you just gotta plan the time if the yeah the later you go the worse it's gonna be yeah well and then like a lot of times i'd like to go to movies at like 10 you know because those are the they have the least yeah. people in them then i'm up to like 130 you know? <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, right i think it's worth it though it is right. three hours doesn't feel like it at all i'll Anyways. make it a priority i'm gonna i'm gonna check it out i've been noticing we've got a lot of horror movie news this weekend or quite we a actually bit. do yeah we actually do maybe you can add some to what i've said but uh what i have to say but yes uh horror movie news this week a drive-in theater in montreal accidentally showed the beginning of the curse of la llorona during a screening of what was supposed to be detective pikachu <laughs> movie is based on the Mexican legend of a mother who drowned her children and now wanders the earth taking lost children. Well, the children in the audience were sent fleeing when the opening scenes show a mother who will later become the titular ghost drowning her children. Oh boy. You think they might have noticed something was wrong when the previews for the movie included Annabelle, the new Annabelle and the Child's Play movies. Uh, not usually the yeah. kind of uh, previews you show for Detective Pikachu. You know? They had the wrong reel in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Legend is supposed to be a cautionary tale to naughty children, so if I were a parent, I'd probably make my kids watch it anyway, but that's you know why I'm not a parent. So <laughs> Bruce Campbell said in a recent interview that there would be more to the Evil Dead saga, and clarifying a tweet that we reported on, which turned out to be a tease for his new book, Hail to the Chin, he said we could look forward to more Evil Dead, just perhaps not involving Ash, or at least him as Ash. In an interview with the website Inquisitor.com, uh, Campbell's had this to say about Evil Dead when the interviewer mentioned that he had retired Ash. He said, I'm still doing video games. I'm doing voices for Ash. I'm just not going to going to grovel in the blood anymore. They're going to see different versions. They're going to see be seeing more Evil Dead, too, as well. He meant as well. Uh, we're not done with the Evil Dead saga. More stories to tell. So hmm. take take from that what you will. I'd read that book though. Yeah, I, well, it's it's a uh, he's got two books out now. Uh, Hail to the Chin is a a, a uh, like the second of his books. Uh, I forget what the the first one is called. It's a 
something chin to uh, something, some pun on his chin. But uh, yeah, they, it looks pretty interesting. I, I'll probably check it out. I'm a big fan of Bruce Campbell. So. Same here. Uh-huh. Uh, trailer for three new episodes of Netflix technology horror show Black Mirror came out this week. Trailer featured a doll that compliments you, some kind of showdown between a man and police, and an episode featuring Miley Cyrus. Mm. The fifth season got a late start this year after episode one of the season entitled Bandersnatch utilized groundbreaking choose-your-own-adventure type technology and became such a p- complex project that it delayed the rest of the season. really like that show. It's, I haven't uh, watched it yet. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting show. Uh, it's uh, you know I'm not a luddite. I love technology. <laughs> I you know I have watch and all that stuff. But yeah. uh, you're reading your notes off it, your. And I'm reading my notes off my laptop. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know uh, it it tells some interesting tales about uh, technology. It's it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, Twisted Pictures is teaming up with get this Chris Rock That's to spin off and expand the world of the Saw movies. New Saw will be directed by Darren Lynn Boozman, who directed Saw 2, 3, and 4. Uh, the movie will be written by Jigsaw writers Peter G- Pete Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg, but it was based on a story conceived by Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was um, Joe Drake, chairman of Lionsgate Motion Picture Group, said when... Uh, Chris Rock came to us and described in chilling detail his fantastic vision that reimagines and spins off the world of notorious Jigsaw Killer. We were all in. Wow. So we'll see how that goes. That sh- that could be interesting. See, I didn't know Chris Rock was a horror fan. Maybe we can reach out either. to him or if somebody knows Chris Rock, I'd love to like talk to him about yeah, it. Yeah, I'd be real interested to talk to him about this project. That is That sounds very interesting. I'd, I haven't really been too excited about the Saw series for a while, So, but that's pretty interesting. Well, yeah, I, I guess I'm intrigued because like as the saw series went on it got worse and worse i would agree and i saw jigsaw it was it was all right i mean it was watchable i didn't walk out of the theater or anything but right and they just did it for shock value it'd be Mm -hmm. interesting to see what kind of twist they do i mean if they keep with the same the same formula of it i i would be curious to watch it yeah i I think it sounds like it's going to be very different uh and chris rock has some rather interesting ideas for it sounds like so Mm -hmm. i will uh, i will be checking it out once it comes out you bet all right, horror movie trivia. You got one? Uh, I do. I do, I do, I do. Do tell. <clears throat> what horror movie is considered the bloodiest of all time? Uh, that would have to be Dead Alive, New Zealand movie by Peter Jackson. That would be incorrect. Really? But excellent guess. Okay. Because that was number two. Okay. The remake, and you did a review of this, and you liked it, Really? of Evil Dead in 2013. Oh, really? Okay. The only reason why, and I know this is kind of a trick question, and it's kind of like a curveball at you, and sure. I, I didn't mean to do it like that, okay. but doing the research, uh, they actually have a pool of blood that's considered... Oh, okay. So they're talking so, about the volume of blood lo- used in the movie. Correct. Okay. So, so, so to me... <laughs> so bl- the bloody pool. I, I, I still think the end scene of Dead Alive... Yeah. Is still the the goriest, yeah, I because would agree with there that. was a lot of blood spilt. But uh, the pool of blood actually had thirty nine thousand gallons of fake blood. Okay, <laughs> and throughout the movie, there was over fifty thousand gallons of blood. Wow, in this okay. movie, in evil, really, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah it, and, it, and if you think back, it's, there's a lot of blood flying around in that movie that's spraying all over. It the was place. about, I, I believe that. I would say if they didn't have that pool, because uh, Dead Alive actually had half of that. So they they okay. had about twenty five thousand gallons because <laughs> no, that one that. scene with the with, with the lawnmower, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, just that one exactly. scene itself, yes. that whole end scene was incredible and fun to watch. So if you get a chance, watch that one. Absolutely, uh, number three, Saw Four. Speaking we'll, of saws, we'll, we'll have to. Uh, oh, it is okay. Saws, okay. Um, 
Now, we'll have to review that sometime. Dead Alive. I love that movie. We'll have to talk about it. Uh, my horror movie trivia question for this week. Uh, the script for Dust Till Dawn and the Frighteners, which are two pretty good horror movies in my opinion, yeah. were considered for this 1996 follow-up to the Tales from the Crypt film Demon Knight. So the sequel to Demon Knight, what was it called, basically, is the name of it. See, I remember Demon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, great movie with Billy Zane, played the, kind of the devil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I, that was a great movie. I loved that, it. Jada Pinkett was in was, it. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I'm drawing up. I have no idea. It, it was called Bordello of Blood. Movie starred Dennis Miller, Eric Aliniak, and Angie Everhart. They were uh, kind of big names back then. Uh <laughs> Dennis Miller, Miller Dennis, as an action movie. He was an action hero in the movie, I believe, yeah. Angie Everhart looked uh, great in it, by she, the way. Oh, she did, and uh, Eric, they, they both were kind of at the height of their careers at the time. I, I'm pretty sure that movie effectively killed that series. Uh, <laughs> show went off the air after after that movie, and I don't think the Crypt Keeper has been heard from since. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was so, he hid it in the Crypt right after yeah, that because it was so embarrassing. He did, it was, it was not good. I remember being very disappointed leaving the theater. So I, yeah, I did. I recall it. And I was younger, uh, must've been teenage uh, years or late teenage years. I just was not impressed. No, it was, uh, yeah, I was in college when I, when I watched this thing and I love demon Knight. I thought it was great. So I was really excited to hear about, uh, to, to see what Bordello blood was going to be like, but boy, if they'd have chosen, uh, you know, the script of dust and even the frighteners, which is a, is a decent movie. That was fun. I mean, yeah, I, I think it was very underrated. Michael yeah, J. Fox. Michael J. Movie. Fox. Yep. Yeah, he's in that. It, it had Gosh, some. We should review those too. Yeah, absolutely. We, sh- we should. Yeah, the, 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 I liked them both. Uh, I like Dust. Dust Dawn is really uh, kind of a more of a you know uh, nostalgia type movie for me. So I have some feelings about it. Like it was a good time in my life, and I enjoyed the movie a lot. It was I was really in Tarantino at the time. So uh, Back that when that movie really, was a good actor. Yeah, right. <laughs> that movie really speaks to me. Frighteners was was pretty good too. I I remember really enjoying it when I when I saw it. Um, it's, I wonder if it's still the test of time. I'll have to watch again. I don't think I've seen it since the 90s. That would so. be fun. Yeah, it would be. Well, I, I think today we went into the direction and, and, you know, with no planning to it, you know, we kind of went for some underground movies. Mm-hmm. Some yeah, movies think, that weren't so. like really mainstream. So right. what are you going to start us out okay, with? I'm going to talk about Maniac from 1980. Uh, I've never seen the Elijah Wood remake of it. So I'm probably going to watch that this week and maybe we'll talk about it next week. I haven't seen the original, but yeah. I kind of have a feeling maybe it's a it's a you know uh, um, scene by scene remake. I think. Oh, really? Okay. I don't. And know. I don't get that impression from the trailer when okay. I'm watching the trailer because I watched the trailer to Elijah Wood's version. It looks a little different okay. than than this. And this is, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty indie uh, for for its time. I think it was uh, three hundred fifty thousand bucks, uh, which is about a million dollars this this uh, these days. Yeah, uh, is what they what it cost to make Maniac in nineteen eighty. Um, and yeah, anyway, I, I didn't want to like do a comparison in the movies. Or I wanted to talk uh, focus specifically on the nineteen eighty version of Maniac. So I didn't watch the Elijah Wood version yet. Uh, and maybe we'll talk about the, that one, especially if you've seen it. We'll talk uh-huh. about that next week. But. Uh, Maniac, one of those films that uh, kind of got derided as being sickening and uh, morally repugnant uh, for its day, sure. uh, kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead did. Uh, mainstream movie critics just uh, dismissed it as terrible, I think, because they weren't fans of horror. Uh, I know that uh, the guy that was with Ebert, Gene Siskel, I think it was Gene Siskel, walked out of the movie, uh, famously said it was just too violent. Uh, he couldn't stand it, uh, and it was just too unsettling to them. Um and I don't know. It's a, so Maniac is a movie about a serial killer. Um, it's kind of realistically done. It kind of it's it's kind of a 
uh, look into what this guy's psyche is like. Uh, you liked Henry of Portrait of a Serial Killer. I, I did. I would, I would liken it to that movie mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. I would compare it to that. I think I saw Henry, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer when I was too young to re- pr- really appreciate it. I think I wanted my killers to have a knife glove or wear a hockey mask at the time. I didn't sure. get that out of that movie. So I, I think I should, I should check that one out again because uh, it, it's really a pretty critically acclaimed movie, Henry Portrait of the Serial Killer. And I, it, it was I think, fun. Yeah, and and I, I this reminded me of it. Um, I, I think it takes that uh, this kind of serial killer movie and does with it what Henry did. It's not like glamorizing this people, these people, or anything like that. It's uh, you're not gonna. Uh, you know, you're not going to connect with the killer like Freddy or Jason or something like that. It's uh, it's just more of a study into their psyche and and what makes them what what they are. You know, it's what, um, wait, I think you brought nailed it on the head. Is mm-hmm. that it looks at them from an outside perspective of of this is what they really are. This is right. what a real serial killer is. Right. And I don't I don't want to give a speech about uh, you know how we shouldn't glamorize serial killers or whatever, make them as celebrities. Uh, movie. This movie is kind of inspired by David Berkowitz, I think, and maybe some other killers uh, of from the seventies and and sixties uh, and seventies. Uh, uh, not the eighties, obviously, since it was made in eighty. Um, that would have been a little disingenuous for me. Uh, uh, when I really thought about it, I'm I'm kind of fascinated by serial killers. Uh, that Gain and Dahmer, Gacy, those guys are. Uh, if you make a movie of them, about them, I probably wouldn't admit it in polite company, but I'd watch that in my basement at night. Have you watched the uh, Ted Bundy thing? <laughs> I haven't, Ted, but my wife was watching it the other day. Not and the, that's, the Zac Efron one sucked. I mean, to okay. me, I didn't like it. Okay, uh, but there's another one on Netflix called the uh, the Bundy Tapes. Oh, okay, so, yeah. So it's yeah. conversations that mm-hmm. that. Uh, reporters actually had with Ted Bundy and some of the that's the right TV okay. and she watched that too actually now that I think about it I mean Ted Bundy reprehensible human being Absolutely. but uh, you know the study of the personality of these people and maybe maybe it's trying to understand what isn't understandable you know it could be really interesting and uh, I, I don't know I, I I wanted to like you know give a speech about how I didn't really want to glamour but you know what I, I do find them very interesting and uh, um, I don't know that's my opinion on it so anyway maniac no masterpiece it it takes some very strange leaps uh at at times uh there's a very attractive female played by uh carolyn monroe who's inexplicably who inexplicably just invites him into her uh home after he uh open opens the door and has like a uh goes out to dinner with him (laughs) you know it's i think it's trying to show like how they can be uh you know um uh they can be um you know attractive or whatever they can they can make you feel like they're a normal person i think that's what they were trying to charming is the word i'm looking for exactly i think that's what it was trying to show but it really took kind of a leap because he shows up at her door after he creeps her uh address on a on a camera case and she opens the door it doesn't seem like she knows who he is at all and then uh all of a sudden he's inviting her to dinner she's going to dinner is basically his girlfriend so um i, I don't know uh, th- there's things like that i think with a bigger budget that could have been fleshed out a little better yeah. um joe spinell is the guy who plays uh, frank zito he he's just amazing looks like a psychotic ron jeremy <laughs> it's just really effective i think like i said with a bigger budget and a, and a better script we'd be talking about him like we do with uh, perkins and psycho or hopkins and silence of the lambs oh yeah i mean he plays the serial killer just amazingly and the only reason that there's any camp where you can laugh at some of this is because the movie doesn't have a big enough budget to add the music or put the ambiance in that would allow him to pull it off in my opinion i, sure. th- I think you know he has this this breathing that he does and he's 
like mumbling and the way he delivers his lines is, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the director, William Lustig, uh, he, I think that's how you say it. <laughs> um, he does some really innovate and incidentally, he's the guy who did the maniac cop series too. So he just liked to make films that uh, had the name maniac. maniac in its title, I guess. I, I love those movies by the way. They were, they <laughs> yeah, were fun. Maniac cop was, fun. Robert, was fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, they are. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 He's that great. guy, he was he's great. Guy. So, but he does some really innovative things with like his camera angles and his shots. It's, uh, it's different. And he sets up a real disturbing atmosphere. Um, and it really adds to the discomfort and uneasiness, especially when you're in uh, Frank Zito's apartment. Um, I think like part of that is why a lot of the er- early reviewers uh, kind of mistook it for some sort of deviant pornography or something, just because of the way like a snuff film. Yeah, yeah, really. I, I mean, he um, well, Lustig actually did an adult film. That's how we get the money to make this. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I think you know the way it was filmed and the, it just like gave this uneasiness to it that that really did uh, an effective job make, making it a good horror movie. Uh, Tom Savini. Just a master of special effects. Oh, he is. Uh, he played the character Sex Machine in Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. You know the guy. <laughs> but uh, he he's been involved with special effects on like Dawn of the Dead, a bunch of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. He belongs up there with Romero and Carpenter and all those other directors we talked about in the horror movie. If there's a horror movie Hall of Fame, he should be in it. If he if he's not, well, he's done everything, not just from has. special effects, but he's directed, he's acted. Yeah. The guy is so good at he, acting. He 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 is a great he's a great actor. I loved him in Dust Till Dawn and some of the. Other he so he uh, plays a one of the murder victims in this, and the reason that he actually was that was because they had a, a head left over from Dawn of the Dead that he had cast of himself. Mm-hmm. And there's a uh, there's a scene where a couple is murdered in their car. It's reminiscent of the you know Son of Sam killings, and Sa- Savini plays the boyfriend. Uh, and uh, they well, the, the way they, the way they shot this thing was really interesting. They they. He had this head from Dawn of the Dead. He filled the thing with leftover food or something. And then he has a, an assistant stand by with a van, uh, shot the head in the car with a real shotgun in New York City. And they gave the shotgun to the assistant in the van. The van guy in the van takes off so that they, if the cops show up, there's no weapon. <laughs> and the scene is, you, is, is unforgettable. It's one of the best practical special effects I've ever seen, That's actually. Killer. It's a ama- an amazing... It's what would happen if you if a head got shot with a shotgun, you know. Right. Um, there's also incidentally a headless corpse at the end. That's actually the dummy Savini created for Jason's mother in Friday the Thirteenth. Oh. Interesting point, but uh, it definitely has its flaws. I think it's an important film in horror, though. It kicked off the slasher craze, or whatever you want to call it, of the '80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spinell's performance, Savini's effects. It definitely remains watchable. Interesting. I give it three stars. Three out of five. Yeah, Not bad. <laughs> Do you? Th- I guess my question would be, do you think it held up? Yeah, I do. I think I think it, you know, like I said, it's got its flaws. Sure. It's not a perfect film. I think if it had more of a budget, it would definitely, we'd be, it'd be a, a more well-known film. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the subject matter, too, kept it out of the mainstream a little bit. Uh, it's it's a little more of a serious serial killer movie where, where you know, uh, what, what uh, succeeded it was, you know, uh, Friday the 13th and some of those other movies that are just a little more unrealistic or whatever. And that's, that's a little easier maybe to stomach, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, it, uh, I, I, yeah, I want to check it out. You, you should check I, out the Eli- Elijah Wood. I, I'm going to watch that this week and maybe we'll talk about it next week. Um, but I would definitely watch it. I think you will enjoy it. 
And like I said, three stars. I and I don't I don't give my out my stars very easily. No, so you really don't. I was surprised uh, by the four with Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I should explain that more. I, I thought about this. I felt it really added to the Halloween mystique. Just to not not to get off on a tangent here or anything, but no, no, no go ahead. I think it really improved the Halloween series. It's like getting rid of those two movies and then attacking this one. I thought it just improved the entire series. That's what, one of the reasons I gave it a four. I, it was it was a great entry. I don't but, disagree with that at all. <laughs> not to get off on a tangent, but what do you got for us this week? Uh, I actually watched Hulu. Two actually good movies that I really enjoyed oh. on Hulu. Okay. The first one was The House That October Built in 2014. Uh, it's a group of friends that rent a RV, and they're in Texas, and they're making their way east to go see the scare houses. Because it's around Halloween time, so over a, I think it was like a five or six day period, they go to different cities and they try to find out what the best scare houses are, the haunted okay. houses. Sure, you know um, there are obviously rules to these haunted houses that uh, the actors can't touch you. Um, right. You know they can't physically get into your space, but they can scare you. They can do everything they can to jump out and scare you. Okay, uh, as they get farther east they realize that you know as they're doing it, it was set up exactly like Blair Witch Project okay. so it was a found footage um, you know uh, the what's the word I'm looking for the the they're holding the cameras point of view yeah point of view yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they do these side interviews with the actors okay or, or the people that are that are creating these houses and you know they have questions like, "Well, do you guys do background checks?" <laughs> no, we don't do background checks at all. So, so you realize that you know there's criminals. Um, <laughs> right. So, as these guys are looking for the most extreme, they keep getting these clues, or, or, or they meet this group of actors that, for some reason or another, keep showing up at each haunted house or scare house they keep going to. You know, and they're creepy. There's clowns. There's a uh, a girl with a porcelain doll face. Uh, in the movie, she actually comes up onto the RV because she just follows one of the guys, just sits there and just does this weird kind of scream thing and walks off. <laughs> so then you know something's going on here. You know, these people are being stalked. These uh, antagonists, there, there's a lot of them. They could have been campy, but the way the director did this... <laughs> okay. They weren't. They were creepy. It got it got creepier and creeper, th- creepier throughout the movie. They end up finding the ultimate scare house. Okay. <laughs> Fade to black because they're in coffins and you hear you hear dirt being covered on them and fade to black. Okay. I thought it was effective. I thought the ending sure. was great. Um, okay. It's not going to get a it two and a half two and a half, half starts yeah so it's enjoyable but uh yeah i yeah. I, I thought it was good just, creepy atmosphere in it just sounds a like normal like a hour and 25 minute movie yeah um nothing really slow because it's, it, it's a build-up it's not mm-hmm. it doesn't slam right into the plot but you got that character build-up of of who everybody is and the slow burn of these actors characters antagonists coming after these people and you know just kind of pushing them towards something really dark and then i think being buried alive is a uh, fear of most people it's a that's a scary thing it's cool i mean (laughs) there were a lot of really cool and they didn't need special effects yeah there wasn't a lot i mean the the way they played to the story of the scare house was special effects enough yeah but they again they they could have turned these antagonists into very campy but they didn't 
they seemed real. They didn't. It didn't seem paranormal. Sure. Just evil. Yeah. Now it sounds and interesting. It, it was fun. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, this one you've been. I I, th- I, I was going to say episode two you, you I think I talked about, about this. this one in episode two that so you were going that to... I was going to talk about this now this is one of my favorite uh classic horror films of Dr. X in 1932 we're talking about mm-hmm. uh Dr. X concerns a reporter who's investigating a series of murders by someone called the moon killer uh since he always kills his, uh, this guy always kills his uh, victims on the full moon so uh victims are cannibalized of course because <laughs> cannibalism of, is of always course. yeah uh murder Murder is described as being horribly disfigured. Um, it's a little bit maybe more of a mystery than a horror movie, but uh, there's an interesting twist at the end. Uh, there's a mad scientist kind of scene. Uh, one of the th- characters keeps saying synthetic flesh. Uh, and it, anyone who watches it, you'll you'll like find a reason to say that. My wife and I say that to each other all the time. Because synthetic it's, flesh? It's like, that's the way he says it. He's like... Uh, yeah, you just go synthetic flesh. <laughs> it's like this mad scientist scene. Uh, it's it's really uh, one of the um, one of the uh, best scenes in the, in in uh, the movie. So, um, directed by Michael Curtiz, he directed a movie called Casablanca. You might have heard of. Hmm, yeah. Uh, also, White Christmas with Bing Crosby. Uh, wow, Lee, Tra- Lee Tracy is a reporter in the movie. Fay Ray uh, from the original King Kong is in it. Um, it it's done in. Um, well, first of all, it's a pre-code movie, so I found that interesting. And so, like, I, I forget, I think in the 40s or uh, uh, at the end of the 30s, the Hollywood producers got together, the the studios got together and decided they would have this code where pretty much every mo- movie was G-rated until uh, the 60s. Like, you didn't, you didn't swear in your movies, there wasn't graphic violence and stuff. Prior to that... It was really no holds barred, and, it, and I think this is one of the movies, along with the movie Freaks. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, uh, I, 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 I haven't. That's well, another one that one of us, one, one of us, us. So I think yeah. that movie and this movie are, are one of the, uh, the movies that they talked about being uh, too much, and that caused the code or whatever. But uh, it's also got a really interesting two color Technicolor technique. Um, it's the only two colors that they use are green and red in it. It's really interesting. Um, did a little reading about this process. Uh, inter- very interesting to watch a movie in it and see how much color they could really get into a movie using just red and green. Uh, I remember watching this in a film class. I saw it first in a film class in college because uh, I have a Bachelor of Arts degree. So, <laughs> <laughs> Anybody looking like, to hire? Yeah, exactly. I was like, is this in color or not? You know, you see some of the, like, the 1922 copies of Nosferatu and they use like you know they they dye the entire frame like blue at night you know so i wasn't sure if they were doing that or what and then i'm like no there's like more color i didn't really understand what's going on it's a really kind of another thing that kind of gives it a disconcerting uh strange uh feel to it maybe Mm -hmm. and uh i was wondering if they were like doing that in some of the scenes but uh uh, some of it almost looked like full color actually in some of the darker parts of it Hmm. um I don't want to. I'm not going to get into the process of this, but it's that's really out of the scope of our podcast. But uh, I'm sure you can look at it uh, up up uh, if you really want to hear more about it. But the way they use color was very interesting. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It was almost like um, we we're going to talking about talking about Mandy this week, right? And they use color really interesting in there too. Right. I, I well, thought Suspiria but, is the same way. Very yeah, violent. yeah. Very yeah, the first Suspiria, absolutely. The original, yeah. Yep, the original is very much like that. So that was kind of interesting. Um, I thought it was a good entertaining movie. 
I think it's interesting to think about kind of movies we might have had uh, got, especially in the horror genre, if the what's called the Hayes Code uh, had. Oh, it started being enforced in 34, I guess, according mm. to my notes. Right there. after this movie. Yeah, right after this movie, pretty much. Uh I mean, you have, like I said, you have Freaks, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Island of the Lost Souls. There's some really great movies from before this code came out. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. We can maybe talk about some of those older films someday, and I'll get you to, I'll even get you to watch them maybe. But. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, you know, I actually, I'm, I'm intrigued to see Maniac and Dr. X. I kind of. I kind of want to check it out just to see. Absolutely. I'll, I'll have to give you the DVD. I don't know if you can watch it anywhere else. I had to like specially <laughs> order the DVD. But, you know, I give uh, I give Dr. X probably two and a half, star, two and a half to three stars just because it's an interesting entry uh, classic movie that... Uh, well, I think anything kind of, prior to 1960, I mean, it should be a solid three if you liked it. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I I have to think about like, like Nosferatu or Freaks or this movie and thinking about my grandma watching this thing. Going <laughs> and I know my grandma went to movies and they affected her too, you know? Right, <laughs> so, exactly. Because like, she still talks about some of these movies that she's seen and, uh, and I can't imagine like her seeing a movie like this and being able to sleep in, in her farmhouse that mm-hmm. night exactly. so, so it's kind of interesting they're they're a real interesting uh thing i like to watch sometimes but yeah i'd give it about two and a half stars okay cool well uh i, I love the segue into a serial killer because i saw another south korean gem okay. called i saw the devil uh, i didn't write down actors names okay. but i know the serial killer, the antagonist in the movie, was in one of my favorite Korean films called Old Boy. Okay. Yep. He is evil. Uh, 2011, of course, there's subtitles, so if you can get over that, you are going to love this movie. Main character's wife gets killed. He's a cop by this serial killer. Um, you know, he's he's the worst of the worst, uh, targeting women. Um rape and murder that's what he does uh it gives you an inside look of what he actually does they, okay. they don't hold anything back on this sure as far as what he does of course the the husband the protagonist is revengeful he stalks him he uses technology to track him he's got gps on him okay and he slowly tortures him throughout the movie Interesting. There are so many twists and turns in this movie, and the ending is one of the most satisfying endings in any movie. Oh, I love it. Okay. Great. Where you go, heck yeah, man. <laughs> okay. But it has a real feel to it. Awesome. Because the killer was once married, has a child. Okay. And they're brought into this whole thing of even though it's a satisfying ending, you're like, ooh, I feel bad about wanting to see that sure but he deserved it sure so did the protagonist the protagonist just goes like he's walking away from the whole scene and crying because he realized what he did okay (laughs) and it was real i mean it was just uh it was a revenge revenge movie which was it was so good i love satisfying revenge movie i I think uh, my wife talked about it last week that's one of her favorite kind of movies as well so. i think you i think you and sarah need to watch yeah, this movie absolutely. it's on it hulu like... uh called i saw the devil so oh this is one of the ones on hulu right yeah yeah no that that really sounds like my kind of film i mean like combining the so it, it, it it's it's like what we were talking about where you're looking at the psyche of the serial killer and kind of uh getting into his head but then 
encapsulated in a revenge movie. I, they, I love they, it. it sounds they great. don't. They don't hold anything. <laughs> when they're showing scenes with him, yeah. they show exactly what he does. Sure. Or what his intentions are. Okay. Yeah, Sarah but, will love but, it. But, <laughs> you know, as as this this the protagonist, the cop, is following him, mm-hmm. he doesn't allow it to happen. It gets to a certain point. And then sure. something else happens to the killer. Okay. And he gets knocked out with this, uh, you know, this knockout drug, and then he wakes up in a different situation. <laughs> Interesting. That sounds fascinating. I, I you, I think you guys. I think will I think I love it. it. I so, will I, definitely be checking. This I gave out. it a three point five. Wow, that good. I th- I think it's fantastic. Wow. I see. I was really on the verge of four. Really. Okay. But I don't want to give it too high of a score because, I mean, I was excited to talk about this and. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really say anything because I knew I was going to watch it yesterday when we talked about what, you know, where where are we going when we're, you know, getting prepped for this. But I knew I was going to watch it again. I knew I loved it. And I think you and Sarah are going to love this. Movie. Oh, I, I, it sounds like a movie right up our alley. Absolutely. And, and you know, we, we, we like the the K-horror, right? We've liked uh, some of the other yeah. uh, movies that we've watched in, the, in that uh uh, from from Korea, so yeah, I, we'll definitely be watching this. Sounds great. Yeah, after I, I think as I got older and more, you know, opening my mind to more horror movies, mm-hmm. is that I can get over the fact of of subtitles because yes, you can get to the feeling of what the right. characters are trying to do. That you know, the antagonist, the protagonist, mm-hmm. and you know this this thing just took you through so many twists and turns, and and it was for me, it was so unique, and I I loved it. I thought that sounds great. I mean, it was just I, I watched it again last night, and I just. Man, I was entertained. You, you, you know how I love Train to Busan. Yeah, I, I remember um, that. Yeah, I still do. I, mm-hmm. I think I think that one had more feeling. This one was just more pure horror. Okay, that pure like yeah. Because well, you could separate with Cha- Train to Busan, you could separate the zombie story because there was a real story to this. Zombies and, are kind of impersonal, you know, adversaries. Right. Where a serial killer is a very personal adversary. So I th- it's very, it'd be a very different I, movie experience, you know. Yeah, I I didn't really feel anything, you know, as far as like, oh my gosh, you know, because you right. I'm trying to be saying you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I, I right. well, no, 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 I didn't really oh, feel okay. for the main character in in I saw the devil. I didn't okay. feel that, you know, that sense of. Like, wow, what did I just do until the very end? Okay. Because okay. you're rooting for him to do this. Sure. And then he realizes what he did. Okay. So for the protagonist you're talking about. Okay. Right. I, I see what you're saying. All so, right. So yeah. you're like, oh, wait, hold on a second. I, I, I kind of feel sick for feeling that way. <laughs> because I'm not- That in, sounds I, exactly I, what I'd like. I, 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 that sounds awesome. I'm not a deprived individual, so I have feelings. But uh, yeah, go out and see it. Hey, uh, we got episode number 15 coming up here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, very excited about what we're going to talk about on this. We won't yep. give anything away, but we also have episode 20 coming up not shortly after that. Right. It'll be here before we know it, actually. So we, we talked a little bit about this, and I, yep. I, I think I love this idea. I like it too. Yeah, well, uh, we're going to poll the audience, and we're going to watch what you tell us to watch. I guess, right? Yeah, we can't take every suggestion. <laughs> right. You know, somebody, we'll take a couple of them. But this is a lead up to episode twenty. Anything that we have not reviewed that you've seen that you love, because I, I want to leave out the stuff that maybe isn't so good. I mean, that's because that's for any other episode that we right. do. I I want to know the people that are listening to this podcast, what are your ultimate favorite horror movies? If we haven't done a review on it, but maybe we talked about it a little bit or it's a classic, heck yeah, I'll rewatch it. Absolutely. And give my honest opinion. Andy will do the same exact thing, but that's coming up episode 20 here in uh, less than two months. Yeah, right. So again, please comment on uh, this page, comment on our Facebook page, 
or uh, send it to us on Facebook, whatever. Yeah, yeah just Twitter, uh, message us. Website horrorphoria horrorphoria. Dot com. So episode twenty is going to be all about the listeners, right? You tell <laughs> us what to watch over the next couple of weeks. We'll watch them. We'll have our reviews ready to go. We'll give you a little bit of love on the podcast, saying, "Hey, thank you so much for this. This is our uh, this is our review. One stars, five stars, whatever it's going right. to be. But we will give an honest opinion. We we really do." respect your opinions for horror movies so. absolutely and uh if you want to include you know a little bit of well, what it, why you like that movie too we'd be interested to see what you liked about it so that we can uh, compare and contrast it with yeah uh, how we feel yeah um yeah absolutely all right well so that is next week next week i think we'll talk about mandy huh should we say that Yeah, you brought that up <laughs> you did bring up mandy because i haven't got a chance to watch it but yeah. uh it's just gonna be korean and i this weekend so yeah. you know i could dive a little more you, into... you need to check it out it's it's a good movie um you know, it's Nick Nick Cage is Nick Cage in it. Yeah, I, I heard that like this was his best performance of of you know the last couple decades or whatever. <laughs> well, and and so I expected oh. yeah, so I expected him to tone it down a little. No, he turns it up to eleven. Uh, really yeah, mean. exactly. So yeah. you know you got to expect that, but uh, it, it's it's worth a watch. I think it's it's a revenge film. You know, I don't know that yeah. it. I was super satisfied with the with the ending, but I, I know the plot line to it. Yeah, so, so yeah. yes, I will give it a watch yeah. for sure. And it, uh, it does some interesting things. I mean, the cinematography is really, like I said, the use of color in the movie very interesting, and we uh, we can talk about all of that. Uh, and uh, and I've already written up the notes to do it. So. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to watch it. Andy's got notes. I, I got watch notes, it. man. Come on. <laughs> so let's let's do that next week. All but, right, uh, episode number thirteen coming up right. next week. Everybody have a good weekend.